Good afternoon, everybody on Educated Economist here. So I got an email asking me how come I'm not talking about FedNow and central bank digital currencies. And I don't think it's necessarily that I'm not talking about central bank digital currencies or the FedNow. It's that so many people out there are doing videos, uh, you know, articles talking about, you know, FedNow that really I don't feel that there's anything that I could add to it that you're not already hearing out there. Now, I am going to give my opinion about what I feel has taken place because really I did my original video on FedNow almost over two and a half years ago. I'll leave a link to it down in the description. I mean, I did that video, I believe, in August of 2020 talking about FedNow. And it was from an article that I was reading when the Federal Reserve was talking about, hey, we're setting up a digital payment system that is going to be streamlining what we have currently using. And so it wasn't a surprise to find the Fed now being stated out there and being pushed out there in the media. <clears throat> I mean, it was something I was expecting. And everybody is going to come up with their own like conspiracy theories about it or their political ideas as far as being able to bank the unbanked or, you know, being able to track and trace or all the stuff, like all the all the things that you've hear, heard about the central bank digital currency, all that stuff is true, right? But ultimately, the whole point of central bank digital currencies is to take interest rates into negative territory. Now, I know that's not what a lot of people are thinking right now because interest rates are elevated and there's no like sign of them reversing course as far as the Federal Reserve goes, even though there's plenty of people out there talking about the Fed pivot. I just don't see it happening. I don't see it happening yet. Not until we see unemployment rise and we've seen, or I mean, I've done videos talking about that. We go over to China and we can see that they actually have a fairly low interest rate and they're probably going to keep those interest rates fairly accommodative, right? And this is something that not a lot of people are focusing in on is that there is not the same things happening throughout the entire world out there. So when it comes to like the central bank digital currencies, the Federal Reserve at some point is going to lower interest rates. <clears throat> and at some point, they're going to have to take those interest rates into negative territory. And this is really right here what the whole point of central bank digital currencies are, is to take those interest rates into negative. And they know this. Now, I'm going to leave a link down in the description to the article that and the video that I had put out years ago talking about this, right, this, this exact scenario. Right. So what ends up happening is, is that when the interest rates get to zero, the lower bound, stimulating the economy by dropping interest rates and getting people to go out there and borrow money is no longer an effective tool for stimulating the economy. Right. It just it, it, they just hit the lower bound and it's no longer an effective tool. Now, in some places, yes, they have gone into negative interest rates, but it's not exactly negative interest rates where it goes all the way to down to your like savings account, your paycheck. Right? You deposit your paycheck into the bank and it immediately starts hitting, getting hit with a negative interest rate. What would you do with your money? You would pull it out, right? So the IMF knew this. They know that if you were to have a negative interest rate applied to your bank account, that you would not leave your money in the bank and that you would pull it out in cash. And so now you have to have a cashless society in order to have negative interest rates.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. So now if you have a negative interest rate, how do you have a cashless society or how do you implement a cashless society? You have to have an e-currency. And this is what they refer to it as. So if you have an e-currency running alongside a cash you know, payment system, then what you can do is then take the e-currency, make it one-to-one -one with cash, and then take it, take the cash and make it a nuisance. Make it a charge, to deposit and a fee to withdraw. So if you are either using cash at the store or anywhere else, the person who is accepting that is going to know that they have to go into the bank at some point and deposit it and that they're going to get charged a fee. And so people are gonna look at cash as being a burden. E-currency is going to be a much more efficient transaction and they are not going to hit it with a negative interest rate until they have enough cash out of the system in order to push the people into a negative interest rate and force them to stay in the system and preventing them from getting into cash. This is how they're gonna get the cash out of the system. So a lot of people were thinking, well, I'll just be in cash, no worries, right? So this is how they're gonna, they're gonna combat the cash and bring in a cashless society. Now, the gold. This is a very interesting play on it because there has already been I don't, this is the problem. I've gone and read these articles before, but I cannot find them. And there were so many years ago. But there was plenty of politicians out there talking about how this, during this time, that central bank digital currencies can be used in a particular direction. And now this is something that I find very interesting that the politicians are looking at it and even stated it, right? And if I remember right, they used the example of candy as if you were to, the parents were to give the children an allowance and told them don't spend this on candy right your allowance go spend it on something that's useful or something like that but don't spend it on candy but then having a way of preventing them from buying the candy and this is the way it was described right so now when we think about that idea already we're thinking okay black market deals alcohol drugs firearms ammo silver gold whatever it is right they can track and trace and prevent the transaction from happening if they are not approving of these of the the wallet that you're sending it to or the person that you're sending it to or doing the transactions with so this is like really the political like dream Right, that they have out there as far as being able to control the flow of money, control the people, control the behaviors. This is really like the control that people would be truly f afraid of that governments would just love to have.
And so this is really where the fear comes in. So how do you like deal with this? This is another question that people ask me. It's just like, how do you, how do you like go about living and not use a central bank digital currency or not be forced into the system? You can't. I mean, ultimately you can't. How, how, how do you do it? I guess what you have to do is you have to embrace the idea of the central bank digital currency. Right? Get a hold of it, use it, understand it, figure it out. Be the one who you know knows more about it than anybody else does and figure out a way to get around it. Figure out a way to do barter deals. Figure out a way to, you know, figure out a different payment system, you know? Build a network of people that you can you can transact with that's gonna be outside of using the dollar system or the central bank digital currency system. This is really how you're gonna to have to go about it because when you think about like the forcing of this of this type of system on the people, it's not even gonna be a force, right? Because that's what a lot of people think is like it's gonna be forced upon us. It's not a force. Like the force is gonna be through through like government handouts through social safety nets, through, you know, the entitlement programs. This is really where the governments can can push for these central bank digital currencies and not have any resistance whatsoever. In fact, if they tell them this is going to be a more efficient way of doing it and you will have less fees to deal with and all kinds of like, you know, cumbersome issues, then people are just going to say, yeah, hand it over, right? And if you take it to like a crisis scenario, you know, like if you have some financial crisis, you have natural disaster, you got something like that going on where the people have no idea what to do, then the government can just say, hey, just download this app, go and take this, you know, card or whatever. And it's filled up with all the central bank digital currency that you need to go and get a hotel, go and get some food, go and get the energy you need, whatever it is. And this is like, again, the people are going to be like, yeah, we're not going to resist this. We're going to totally ask for it. We're going to say, yeah, hand it on over. What, where do I go to download the app? People are not going to question that at all. And now when we have the idea of like how difficult it is in order to find housing to, to like get into a home. I mean, I had a buddy send me an article. It was just like 38%, I believe it was 38% of Americans have said that they have held back on meals so that they can afford the house payment. I, if I got that right, I'm going to leave the link down in the description. That blew my mind when I heard that. I was like 38%. Now, I happen to, my wife happens to work at a grocery, right? So, so like food for us has always been fairly plentiful. And, you know, because we always, like, look for the good deals. We're right there. So, you know, my wife is just, like, she's really good at it, too. And we're, you know, we're good at, like, canning food so we can take an abundance if somebody has, like, you know, caught a bunch of fish or something like that. We can process that fairly quickly. So, you know, food for us has always been, you know, fairly easy to get just because we keep it in our lives so, so you know, so much. I mean, when I was working a hobby farm, food was really easy. It was all the time, constantly trading for it. But to think like, you know, people who live in the city, people who live like, you know, even in the suburbs or something like that, who may not have exactly like the farming skills or growing skills are relying on purchasing a food and expensive and how expensive it is getting along with all the energy that goes into just constant living, you know, from electricity to 
gas prices to, you know, everything that life has to, you know, has you burdened with, to think that you will hold back on food is really like depriving your wealth because you have to think about it. What is wealth? Food, conveniences, and pleasures of life. Food is everything. I mean, holding back on that is holding back on wealth. All right, I'm rambling now. Uneducated economist, you guys let me know. Go check out the links down in the description.